The Crowncast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network. Listen to your city at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. Hello, everyone. My name is Logan, and that, of course, means you are listening to another episode of, of The Crowncast. <laughs> oh, and I'm sad. Very, very sad right now. We went to New York City FC. We played in a baseball stadium, and we did not win a football game. And uh, I don't get to take credit for what is about to happen uh, because I don't think we're going to call this one a post-react. I think we're going to call it a therapy session. And uh, the man who deserves credit for for naming it that this time is with me today. It's Jorge. Hello, Jorge. Hey, man. How are you? Glad to be back. Yep. Glad to have you back. And we are not alone because we are also joined by first time to the show, Michael. Hello, Michael. Hello. Thanks for having me, man. Happy to be here. Yeah, um, again, you know, we did this off mic, but rough, rough one to come in on. So, you know, thanks. I hope that you can bring some upbeat and positivity. I, I won't lie, upbeat and positivity are not going to be my strong suits in this one. Uh, we started this so that we could feel the feelings, and I am feeling the feelings. I went in, and at halftime, I tweeted, yes, I know that alone is a shock. Perhaps the fact that I tweeted was what was wrong, but... Uh, in halftime, I tweeted, the worst outcome is we give up all momentum, we shell up, and then we still don't hold on to the result. And here we go. And you are a wizard. <laughs> yeah, Char- Charlotte FC, we're at it again, ladies and gentlemen. It, it really does hurt. Uh, I, For times like this, I think I'm going to try and hold off my my deeper interior thoughts. Uh, maybe we'll get to that towards the end of the section, but I think considering it's a draw, it's still a one crown, one card day. Uh, Jorge, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on you this time, buddy. You've already gotten this honor once, so Michael, I'm gonna let you do the honors of choosing whether or not we give away our crowns first or our cards first today. Sure, sure. Let's go ahead and start with the card, and like you guys like to try to do most of the time and on a the happiest note that we possibly can yeah i think there's one overwhelmingly positive note that really no matter how you slice it will be will be a fun thing to talk about uh jorge you want to go ahead and give us your first card i mean it's gotta be none other than mr bill Tuiloma. i feel like really this, all right t- this, talk to me I, about me. I, I feel like this guy has been in <laughs> he's 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 been an up and down roller coaster. He's he's I I can't I, it's hard to predict though. You know, some days he has he he's good, and some days he's he's now like the Fury and Carowinds with cracks that can visibly be seen. <laughs> and, Fair and I'm not really enjoying it at all. At this point in time, he's not your favorite player on the field, huh? No, not at all. Michael, thoughts on Bill? Yeah, I think that's fair. That was actually one of my ideas for a card. He's had a tough season. He stood out in mostly negative ways. Uh, Tonight he was playing at right back. Uh, So I'm not sure how much we can or I can fault him. Uh, But nonetheless, he was one of my ideas for a card. I thought he was slow and I thought his positioning was just off sometimes and one of my more specific notes was there was one moment where 
the ball was kind of in danger. It was in front of him. He had the time to clear it out, and I, I thought he was going to kick it with his foot. He kind of had time and space to clear it out, and he sort of just jumped and lunged for a header, and I thought that was interesting from, from my perspective. He definitely had the time and space to just kind of boot it. I don't know why he didn't. Uh, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't too pleased with him tonight either. So this was a little bit interesting for me. He was not on my list for cards, but he definitely wasn't on my list for crowns. Uh, I think he was kind of asked to play a role that, to be fair, I'm not sure that there's a lot of roles left that really suit <laughs> Bill. He kind of seemed like a bit of a stationary, big physical presence. And to an extent, I thought he did that well today. Uh, we... We were clearly set up to hold a really, really narrow shape in the back. Latanzio sort of left it as a narrow back mm -hmm. three and gave up that defensive wing space, which we'll get on to that as the disaster class that it was probably in another another podcast. But I think that if he was given that role to stay narrow, he did an okay serviceable job. But at the same time, he really doesn't have the speed to get out there and cover those wings. You know, you can't stay narrow forever. Sooner or later, you do have to pressure the ball. He didn't really dominate the header game or the aerial game to any area that, that stood out to me. He kind of just felt like a serviceable body. Does that seem like, like a fair statement? Am I being too over the top on this? I'll go to Jorge with that one. Uh, no, I, it, it, it felt like he was just there. I just I didn't feel like he wasn't. It, it there were moments where it looked like he had moments of just like of negative, you know, producing. If that makes if that's that sounds very counterintuitive, but I guess that makes also sense. Um, but then there was moments where you know he just wasn't doing anything. But then you know he didn't also play terrible, but it was also risky. So that's why it felt like I just can't trust the guy. It, it didn't feel like a net positive performance. Let's uh, let's move off of Bill, and let's go on. Jorge, I gave you that one. Michael, I will give you the opportunity to go further. Sure. My card is going to a early substitute named Justin Merrim. I do feel a little harsh giving this one. He was thrown in there kind of at that attacking mid position that Carroll had been taking up before Enzo got injured. I don't think he looked comfortable there at all. You could tell he was playing out of position. He just looked uncomfortable in the middle, sort of un unaware of his surroundings. He, he looked like a winger playing at Cam. He had less time. Uh, men were, you know, pressing him more quickly than he's used to and I just thought there were too many moments where he was being too easily dispossessed or just receiving the ball and turning straight into pressure on a couple of occasions and and that's going to happen with a winger playing centrally uh so I was I was kind of baffled I said in the chat you know I would have preferred to see Bender play at attacking mid you know the natural attacking midfielder. Um, but yeah, Merrim gets the card for me tonight. 
you you say it's a it's potentially a soft one. I don't think it's soft at all. I think it's a great shout out. Um, he was he was definitely on my list, and it's another one that you know maybe it's not soft. Maybe you said it feels harsh, and it definitely looked like a guy who was doing his best in a position that's not his position. I think Justin is very used to being you know, sort of chalk on the boots type of guy, really out there on the touchline, has a good picture of the field. And then he dives into the play with that picture of the field. And one of the great challenges of being a central midfielder is you don't have eyes in the back of your head. Like, I'd love to say that it's more complex than that. But one of the things that makes people like Ashley Westwood so good is his ability to just constantly be scanning the field. Just always know what's going on in all directions at all times. Uh, Brant Bronico actually is a really good, really good at scanning the field around him. Justin Miram doesn't have that skill. And I'm not saying he can't learn that skill. I'm not saying he can't acquire it or that he didn't have the ability. It's not an innate reaction in Justin Miram. His innate reaction is put chalk on my boots, scan the field, dive in and be effective, back off, scan the field again, dive in and be effective. He looked lost. And I think you're really, I think you really pick out a good one here. Because to me, he looked like he did not understand where he needed to stand or how he could go about positively affecting the play. And I think it showed. I think we had a huge disconnect in the midfield. Uh, Jorge, thoughts uh, thoughts on this one? I actually really like it. I mean, like, I don't think, to me, I don't I, I don't feel like he, he, he didn't play as terrible. I, I, he wasn't actually on my list to get a card, to, uh, honestly. But uh, hearing it back and actually thinking about it, just now, like, yeah, I don't, you know, this was this is a rough one for for Justin. Yeah, it was definitely rough. I'm gonna go ahead, and I've been debating this because I don't think Carol had a good game, but I don't think I want to pick on Carol. Uh, I I have to go to Christian Latanzio for this. Uh, I I'm been sitting here in my head going, should I save these thoughts for a time that they're a little bit more organized, and I have gotten a chance to sit down and really look at it and make sure that everything is working the way I thought it was working. But everybody on Charlotte FC Twitter, everybody on Charlotte FC Instagram, everybody who is a Charlotte FC fan or wears a Charlotte FC shirt looked at the lineup and went, what? (laughs) Like, objectively speaking, every single person looked at that lineup and went, those are choices. And I have to say... When I look at them each individually, I understand how some of them can work. I think the one that stands out to most people is Harrison Awful is in the middle, the central defensive position on the pitch. I actually don't hate that in theory because it means that you retire Harrison from the defensive responsibility of having to run back out to the wing and you lose or you, you stop yourself from, from giving up that space. Right. Harrison's not responsible for it anymore. He can do his sort of savvy, you know, uh, older player, high technical skill ceiling to control the game from the midfield. And yeah, he's not going to be able to run up and support the attack. And yeah, he's going to be a little bit slow getting back into the defensive midfield. But he's not going to have to make those big bombing runs, which should allow him to show his skill better. But also, you know, minimize his troubles I saw a lot of things like that none of them worked basically we set out today and I talked about the clear super narrow 
back three. And I'll be honest with you, I think New York City FC has a bit of trick going on. And, you know, Michael, Jorge, you guys can tell me whether or not you think I'm right in this one. But I think they're used to playing on that narrower field. And they've got a couple of guys who are really, really good at switching the pitch. Just really quick, effective, over-the-top switches that don't float so the defense doesn't have time to reset, but at the same time are just accurate enough that, that they get to that guy quickly. And so in a narrow pitch, in a wider pitch, those guys are on the, the, the touchline, and you have a little bit more time to shuffle over. In this particular instance, we were so narrow that they would draw us onto one side of the pitch and then just cross it to the other with one ball over the top. And that guy brought it down in one touch and he was in our box. It wasn't that he was at the touchline because of the width of the pitch, he was in our box. And then you can't tackle him. Then you have to be careful. Then you have to just sort of shuffle around and let him take up space. And they used it really, really effectively. And credit to Ashley Westwood, who I think adapted to it maybe better than anyone in stopping those late runs coming in so they didn't have anyone to pass it to. And I think Guzman Carujo did a good job of that as well. But after a while, it stopped working. It, we were giving up that space too often. They were starting to beat people. They were starting to take on that first in and win. They were starting to get to the baseline. They were putting in more effective, dangerous crosses, and it just kept going. I put something in the chat that shows a, a, a momentum dart for Charlotte FC versus NYCFC. In the second half, we had nothing. And someone, someone pointed out there's like one little tiny tick of, of blue for Charlotte <laughs> that we technically got like right after the 45-minute mark. But other than that, we never once had momentum in the game all of the momentum was smashing its way down our wings. We were getting drawn one ball over, one ball over the t uh, over in a switch of field, and they were in our box and forcing us to, to run backwards. And we had no ability to get out of it, and we were set up in a way that we weren't going to be able to protect that width. And once they figured it out, they just started ripping us to shreds. And that's on the coaches. Yes, there were people out of position. Yes, Justin Miram is playing in a position that he's not used to. Yes, Harrison Awful is is now just running the midfield instead of doing other things. Uh, yes, these defense uh, defenders haven't all played together before, so they're not going to be perfect. But ultimately, the way we set up to play got countered, and we did not react. And there comes a point where you have to look at Christian Latanzio for that. Uh, Michael? Yeah, I can definitely see what you're saying as to how they kind of – they played us off the baseball pitch, really. I mean, it was – uh, the second the second half was hard to watch, especially because, like we were saying in the chat at halftime, I mean you just you knew it was coming. Uh, we've done this so much this season, where we think we have this nice little cushioned lead, and uh, maybe we take our foot off the gas, or maybe Latanzio doesn't react correctly. But in the second half, we just have so often. Uh, turned three points into one point. Um, we've seen that across the past three or four matches. Uh, Red Bulls, uh, Seattle 3-3, Montreal 0-0. So at least at least we aren't losing. There there is that. Um, yep. 
So maybe a good way to, uh, and I'm going to throw this over to Jorge for this one. Jorge, maybe the, the right way to ask this question is, in this situation, what can you realistically lay at the feet of Christian Latanzio? I don't think he just, I don't, I don't, I don't, it's, it's, it's the classic coaches. I'm just like saying, he's like, he's not setting up these guys up for success. In, in the sense of like, you know, it's, it, but it's, a, it's the same game all over again, you know, um, playing them out of position, you know, uh, and, and messing with the lineup and, and and all that but it's it at the end it's also just are you setting up your own guys and, and just just to you know be successful and and there are times when he where he does and we're just like all right we can work with this but and but times like you know like last like tonight every everybody in that we know we're up in arms we're just confused like what is he doing but like i guess we'll go with it there, I think, you know, the way you say that makes me think there's a moment of galaxy brain. Like, like he's kind of outsmarting things that don't need to be outsmarted. Sometimes the, the obvious thing works, and sometimes you go with the obvious thing. Uh, I think I have used that as a little bit of an opportunity to get up on my soapbox, and that's probably not the best way to go about it. So uh, let's move into us having a little bit of good discussions uh, Michael, let's start with you this time. Who do you want to give a crown to tonight? Sure. I'm going to crown the Polish Bulldog, uh, Jozwiak. It was really good to see him back out there some more uh, after his long injury. I, I didn't think so. I didn't think he did anything too special or, or groundbreaking, but I will say that it felt like a, a necessary performance just for him to get back into the speed of things and hopefully start to pick up his form again. I did like what I saw. He was trying to take on his man a lot of the times. He looked ambitious mm -hmm. in and around the box. And especially a couple different times, he went up against uh, City's young uh, center mid turned center back Justin Hack. He was playing on the, the left side, left center back for NYC FC. And so Camille would come up against him on a couple different times. And it felt like Camille knew that this was a 19 or 20 year old playing his, his first MLS season. And I, it almost felt like to me when he looked up and saw that Hack was the man defending him. He's like, oh, I can, I can beat this guy. I can try something. I can try to get around my man and get into the box. And he tried that a couple times. Um, like I said, it wasn't anything too special. He didn't break in and get a goal. He didn't hit a beautiful low cross in the carol to put it in the back of the net. But he he won a corner once or twice, and he he tried things. He he tried to take risks as much as possible. And in a game like this, and when he's just returned from such an injury, that's really all you can ask. Yeah, I think it's a good, I think it's a really good shout out. I do think he looked one of the most dangerous people on the field. I think he was one of the very few who looked positive, who looked like he wanted to move forward. And I think one of his underrated skills that we saw in this was just how quickly he can 
you know, sort of turn a guy and and flow up the field. So uh, I think it was a really good show from him, and I do think he's deserving of the crown. Uh, Jorge, who do you want to go into and give a crown today? Can I take the obvious one and just say McKenzie Gaines, or do you want to take it? No, take it. Uh, take it, because that means I get to, to talk about goalkeepers. Okay, cool. Yes. I mean, it's only right just to say, you know, our, the one with the banger uh, shot today, you know, uh, Mc, uh, Mackenzie Gaines was was he was due he was he was due for this and like it was late it was it felt very accidental if we're, if we're being real and he right place at the right time and just nailed it and gave us that life that we desperately needed. Yeah, it it came off of a Carol Schroderski mistake. Came off of Carol sort of hope passing the ball instead of having a target that didn't work. And I will give. A, a huge amount of credit to Mackenzie Gaines. He's not only the person who's most alive, he hasn't ba- abandoned the play, and then he takes the shot from a position that is just, like, his body is twisted in a very odd way to get that shot off first time, and he still gets that much crack onto the ball. He still hits that worldy from really not having a great body shape. So... A lot of credit to McKenzie, who, I mean, he had some other great moments in this, but he had one moment that was well and truly outstanding. Uh, Michael, you want to get on McKenzie, or should we move on? Uh, I think you guys have pretty much covered the bases here. He he definitely deserves a crown and, and the quick shout-out for, for getting us something in that game. Uh, yeah, yeah, let's, let's move on. Good performance from him. So... So I'm going to go on and I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give a crown uh, to Christian Kalina because without him, this game is 6-1. It's, it, it sounds really sad to be that derivative, but it, it is that derivative. It's not his fault. The goal that goes in, it's a deflection off. I think it's Derek Jones who, to be fair, at this point in time in the match has blocked something like 38 shots in this one 90 minutes. So it, maybe he has a right to be a bit tired and not quite get to fully blocking that shot but it's a deflection and the worst thing that can happen to a keeper is a deflection they almost always go in if they're on target keepers don't have any time to react to them everything that was savable by christian kalina was saved by christian kalina everything that was threatening he came out and took uh, as much control of as was possible and something that i kind of like that he did in this game was when it was clear that Charlotte FC were not going to be able to retain possession in our defense, they gave it to Christian Kalina, and there was no even pretense of him trying to play the ball out. They handed it to Christian Kalina, and he was like, I got you guys, and kicked it as far up the field as he could kick it. And do I think that's the way Charlotte FC win all of their games for the foreseeable future? No, I think eventually he's going to have to learn how to be the 11th man. I think he's going to have to learn how to be that, that extra guy in the defense. But right now, he does not have that yet. And so I think there was some wisdom in looking at the field and going, hey, if we need to use Christian, if he has a super easy pass on, he takes the easy pass. But if he doesn't, we're going over the top. If we get lucky, we get a, a bring down. And then we have some speed merchants in Yuzhiak and Mackenzie Gaines who can go and, and flow forward. So I think it was a good performance from him. I think he deserved a clean sheet and didn't get one. I don't think the team deserved a clean sheet, but I think he did. Uh, Michael, 
ideas on on Kalina? Did you see it the way I did? Uh, you know, I wouldn't crown him myself. I thought he was fine. I don't love that we have just sort of resorted to booting it. Although I I understand it. I because it's not really a strong suit of Kalina's. We've seen that before time and time again. Uh, so it probably was the right move for us. It's just, it's not an ideal one to instruct your keeper to kind of clear your lines 90% of the time. Um, you know, they dominated this game. They had a lot of shots. They put him under pressure. Um, I thought he had a fine game. I thought there were a couple moments. Uh, there was there was one cross that pops into my head that, that I felt like he could have come out and claimed uh, rather easily, and he didn't, and I wasn't quite sure what happened there. I think uh, that's another point to his game, is I think sometimes he can be hesitant uh, to make a decision, or he can be caught in between kind of two minds. Um I thought he had a fine game. All right. Uh, Jorge, you want to get in on Kalina? Uh, I have to. I, I will agree. You, you, the one part I didn't mention uh, that I will say is that he took a solid shot that had him down for like a solid five minutes that he was able to walk off and still save us this game after that. And we got to give him all the props in the world for that because not many get up from something that, you know, especially from somebody who just had, who is came off from a back injury that he did. So there he goes. There, that's another tally for your, um, for your, why you crowned up right there. Yeah. And to be fair, we had already lost one uh, person in this game to what looked to be a serious injury. And, there were a few others who went down in ways that that have me concerned. You know, I won't lie. Justin Miram went down once in a way that that made me go, "Ooh, that doesn't look like it's um, that looks like it might be more than what Charlotte FC are telling us." So I'm glad to see that when he does go down on his back like that, after a while he gets his wind back and he stands back up. Uh, I times like this are the ones where we get to. Yeah, we had uh, uh, someone reach out to us on one of our social media previously, and w- we were chatting about the fact that it's either a celebration or it's a catharsis. I think despite the fact that it's another draw, today feels like a catharsis. It feels like a therapy session. And I just want to see this team go out and, and show what it's got, because I do, I still believe there is a lot of talent in the, the boots of our front front players I think that there is a lot of technical skill and quality in our midfield. I think that there is some real force and size and ability in our defense. And I would really like to see it all come together. So, uh, Jorge, really quick, will you give us your one sentence, your final thought to take us home? This hurts. But let's go get three on Saturday. Yeah, fair enough. This hurts, but let's go get three on Saturday. Michael, your uh, yeah, your final yeah. thoughts to take us uh, home? There's no bigger statement than defeating the uh, Supporters Shield leaders. 
Uh, my mine is going to be, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I hope that this does not turn you to apathy, because apathy kills football clubs. Uh, be mad, be upset, uh, be desperately wanting more. Rant on Twitter, whatever you need to do to process. But I, I hope that we all come back to the table again, and and these performances don't lead to apathy. I have broken my own rule, and I have taken more than one sentence to give my final thought. And on that somewhat disappointing note, uh, we are going to go ahead and wrap it up. Jorge, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you again. Let's do this again soon. Thank you. Michael, thank you as guys. well. And as ever, if you have decided to spend your time with us, uh, you we love you. First and foremost, we love you. And you can find us on Twitter at the underscore crowncast and on Instagram at the underscore crown underscore cast. And that's it. Uh, we are going to do a Wednesday cast coming up to talk about just general things going on. And then we will after we go take our next three points from Cincinnati at home. Goodbye. Queen City Podcast Network.com. <laughs>